Psalm 42 tonight. I uh, asked Mike to sing the song that he sung on purpose because I knew what I was preaching on. Yes, it's very important to know what you're preaching on, Cindy. If not, I could have turned to you and you'd have gave me something to preach on. So, uh, in all seriousness, though, we probably should say something that's more serious to get ourselves not going down that road. But that song started out with, O soul, are you weary and troubled? And that's the phrase that I uh, remembered when I was preparing for this message. Tonight I want to deal with or talk about dealing with depression and discouragement. Depression and discouragement. It's a serious problem in many people's lives, even Christians. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all battled this depression and discouragement to some degree or another. The degree varies from person to person. But because Satan's a liar and the father of it, he thrives on causing Christians to doubt, be discouraged and depressed. And so it should not be surprising that God's word has much to say about depression. God, who knows everything about us, knew that we would struggle with this. So in his word, he gave us the solution to it. There are many, actually many people in the Bible who were depressed and discouraged. For example, David. We're going to talk about him tonight. There, there could have been many factors in David's life that led him to this, this depression and discouragement, but the Psalms seem to indicate that the rejection, the abuse... The betrayal from Saul and Absalom caused his depression. Elijah was depressed because of broken expectations. It happened after a great victory. Let me just tell you, the person is most vulnerable after a great victory. And that's usually when depression and discouragement set in, if we're not careful. Jonah, he was depressed because of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can lead to depression. Job was depressed because of grief and illness. And when you're physically down, your body's constantly afflicted, it's very hard to keep your mind up. Constant physical fatigue can wear the spirit and emotion of a person down. And and giving up may seem like the right thing to do. It's not, but I'm just... We need to be honest tonight. Okay? I'm just being honest. I'm being transparent tonight here. You can become depressed. Jeremiah was depressed because of rejection and loneliness. Loneliness can cause this person to slip right into depression. Now, while the word depression is not found in the Bible, there are many verses, and I don't have time. I have to cut a lot of this stuff that I would love. You know, really, this this idea, this topic could be a lesson upon a... You know, I could spend a whole lesson on the sources of depression. But I can't tonight. I, don't, I only get tonight to preach. I can't keep saying we're going to go to next week. Um, so I have to just cram it all into one. Really e- not very easy, by the way. But there's a lot of verses that describe depression or the feeling of depression. Here's just a few for the sake of time. Psalm 38, verse 6. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. Jeremiah 8, 18. When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint. In me. Psalm 30 or Psalm 13, 2. 
How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? So God knows what we're struggling with. And he knew that he needed to put this in the word of God. Let me say this. The tendency or the inclination towards depression and discouragement is not sin. However, follow me, if we react in the wrong way to the downward spiral of our emotions, that is when it becomes sin. And in Psalm 42, verse, in chapter 43, David gives us six things that are key to dealing with depression and discouragement. He gives us the biblical way to react when we're depressed and discouraged. And these principles are repeated throughout the, the scriptures. And if we just apply these principles to our lives and our hearts when we're depressed and discouraged, we can live the victorious life. Instead of living a life of defeat and discouragement, and being depressed. Let's read both of these chapters, Psalm 42 and then Psalm 43. And as I read through, I'm going to highlight some of the direct statements or the metaphors that David uses to describe the depression and discouragement that he was feeling. So as I read, you also look for them. Psalm 42, verse 1, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy holy day. Why art thou cast down? Cast down there means to sink down, to depress, to be bowed down. Why art thou cast cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Disquieted means to be um, troubled or in eternal, internal emotion. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites, from the hill Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. This is an interesting picture here. This really is an analogy of a sea. And the overwhelming power of the sea in a storm. It can seem like the waves are crashing down on us in depression and discouragement. Causing us to fear and to despair even of life. Just one after the other after the other. This is the way David was feeling. Yet the Lord will command, and I love this. It says here, he'll command his loving kindness. Remember, Jesus stilled the storm. And all he had to do is say, peace, be still. Simple command. God can do the same thing in your life when he decides to, when it's time. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and the night. His song shall be with me, my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, Why hast thou forgotten me? Discouragement can cause us to doubt and cause us to think that God has forgotten us. Have you been there? You know, somebody comes up to you and says, well, you know, God does, I I know. I know. 
I've been there. My wife has said, but God, I said, Mary, I know. I'm taking counseling classes. I know. But sometimes it's just hard when reality doesn't match up with feeling. And I know, I'm sure all of you are thinking, but you shouldn't live by your feelings. That is true. But have you ever been there before where you're just wave upon wave? Be transparent tonight. That's all God wants. God knows your heart. So why would you do any different? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones. It's as if there's extreme grief, excruciating pain. As if you just take a sword and just jab it into your bones. I mean, that's pretty excruciating. But that's how it feels sometimes. Mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Judge me, O God, and plead my case against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill, into thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O, my, o God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. David was discouraged. This wasn't the first time, by the way. But we see some sources of discouragement and depression throughout these two psalms. He indicates the sources. And depression can be caused by many different things. As I said, I could spend a whole evening on just the sources. And if we, in order to properly deal with depression and discouragement, you must find the source. You must find the root problem and biblically deal with it. Many people believe that David penned this psalm when he had fled during Absalom's revolt. Nonetheless, it's pretty obvious from all of the psalms that David battled discouragement and depression due to Absalom and Saul and many other things. We could go down the road if we had the time. Psalm 55 is another one that he talks about his discouragement. But in uh, 42 verse 9 and 43 verse 2, we see that oppression from the enemy was, another, was a source of David's discouragement and depression. And while Satan can't possess a believer, he definitely seeks to oppress us. And many times he'll use people to oppress you and discourage you. Psalm 42.10, reproach was another source of discouragement and depression. Psalm 43 verse 1, deceit or being lied to. Or injustice, not having the right thing occur. Those can be a source of discouragement and depression if we allow them. But again, with, when dealing with depression and discouragement, we have to identify the source, and then we need to deal with it biblically. And that's what I'm really going to focus on tonight. So we see the source of discouragement and depression, which again, these are just a few from Psalm 42 and 3. 43, it really could be many others. And, and you just need to ask the Lord to show you. God will show you. May, you may even know what's discouraging and depressing you. You need to find that out and then deal with it. And here's the solution to discouragement and depression. David gives us six principles that will help us properly deal with discouragement and depression. The first one is we must put our hope in God. 
Look at verse 5 of chapter 42, Psalm 42, verse 5. It says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope is where we have to begin the solution. Hope in God, specifically, is where we have to begin our solution. In other words, you have to come to faith on the issue at hand, actively live out the Christian life, and live the crucified life. I've been told it's in this way is how I've heard it. Active, corrective Christianity. Active, corrective Christianity. It's not only active, but it's corrective. Sometimes you have to correct things. Now again, and I just want to say this, I I say a lot of disclaimers here with this. Again, this is a very deep issue that I could spend a lot of time on, and I don't want you to think that I'm acting like I don't understand what you're going through. I don't, because you've never told me, so I don't. But I understand there are, when dealing with this kind of stuff, there are layers upon layers upon layers of things that have to be dealt with, especially if there's trauma, rejection, and all kinds of stuff. So I'm not trying to act like, just bless God. That's not what I'm doing. But I will tell you, this is Scripture, and God's Word is pretty clear about what we need to do. So please don't think I'm trying to act like it's easy. I'm not. But God has given us the answer. The point, this is a point of turning. you got to stop trusting in yourself and start trusting in God. It's no longer about you, but it's about God. You know, in Genesis, we see depression for the first time when Cain said that everybody hated him. Genesis 4, verse 13 and, 15, and, Cain, or 13 and 14, Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be as a, a, be a vagabond in a or fugitive and a bag, vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Well, those things are true, but he was so overcome that he 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 was depressed. And a depressed person, don't get mad at me when I say this. But what did I say the solution was? Hope in God, which means you stop focusing on yourself and you focus on God. A depressed person is focused on themselves. I know that might not be the easiest pill to swallow, but I've had to face that in my life. We need to focus on God. David was saying that we needed to get our eyes off of ourselves and turn our eyes to God. Hope in God. Let me read some passages. Psalm 71, verse 5. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust, my youth. Psalm 78, verse 7. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Psalm 119, 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. And Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Not only do we need to hope in God, but secondly, we need to praise God. We need to praise God. 
Look at verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. Then notice this. For I shall yet praise him. For I shall yet praise him. And then in verse 11 of this chapter, he says it again. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Isaiah 61, verse 2 and 3 says, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint, un, or to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. And then notice these phrases. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. In other words, in in Isaiah 61, verse 2 and 3, it says that praising God is going to comfort those that mourn. It says that the oil of joy, the garment of praise, is the solution for the spirit of heaviness. Now, is this easy? No. I'll tell you firsthand, right here. When I'm depressed and discouraged, the first thing I don't want to do is start praising God. Naturally, that is. I want to focus on all the bad. I want to just wallow in my depression and discouragement. Woe is me. I take on the personification of Eeyore. But does that mean just because it's hard to do it that we don't need to do it? No. Doing what's right usually is pretty hard. Now, not hard. God's way more powerful, and he can give us the strength to do it. But in our own strength, it's going to be hard. And when a, but when a person is discouraged and depressed, it is important that they praise God. And this must be a deliberate action. You have to, you have to choose that you are going to praise God. It's not going to come naturally. It's easy to focus on the negative. You realize that praise in its own definition is actually the opposite of depression? Here's the, the, the definition of depression. To sink down, pushed downward. Here's the definition of praise. To exalt, to lift up. And then it all plays it out in Scripture, almost like God meant it to happen this way. He did, by the way. In order to truly lift up and praise God, we must humble ourselves. Humility is a necessary part of praising God. And humility, as I've said to the students before, is not saying, oh, you shouldn't have. You know, you really play the piano really good. Well, you shouldn't have said that. That's not really humility. That's just making it sound like you're humble. I've been there before, too. And you know what happens the next thing? Every wrong note is played, and the Lord says, see, and you're not that good. (laughs) All right? He knocks you right off. You want to be prideful? Go go ahead. Try it. But really, true humility is not focused on self. It's focused on God. Isaiah 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, right after that, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. As we see God in his majesty and excellency, we are humbled and we begin to exalt God. And as God is exalted and we exalt God, we see our deficiency 
and we humble ourselves before God. Depression is the feeling that you are low, but humility is the feeling that God is high. Humility comes with the great promise. Go to James chapter 4. Here's where, that's why I said that it's almost like God meant this to happen with the definitions. Because in James chapter 4, it's almost like when I said, told you the definitions, it's almost like we see it played right out here in Scripture. James 4, and I'm going to start reading in verse 6. I might skip a couple verses just for sake of time, but James chapter 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then verse 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And then look at verse 10. And this is where I'm going to just draw your, your attention, and I want you to really think about what this is saying. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Do you feel low tonight? Are you depressed? Are you discouraged? Are you feeling like those waves just keep crashing in on you? Here's the promise right here. Humble yourself before God. And God said, I'll lift you up. Start praising me. See me. See me for who I am. Deliberately praise me. And you will miraculously be lifted out of it. Now, does that mean your rest of your life is going to be hunky-dory and it doesn't come back ever again? Sorry. I'm going to discourage you with this statement. It will come back. But the more you fight the devil, the more you resist him, the more he flees. The more you do it, the more he flees. The more he do it, the more he flees to the point where he'll try it again a little bit, but usually it's not near as quick. If you've allowed this to happen a lot in your life, be ready. He's going to fight. He doesn't care when you're doing wrong. He, wants, he has you right where he wants you, focusing on the negative. But as soon as you deliberately say, I'm going to praise God, he's right there, and you've got to forsake it. Do it again. Sometimes, some days, guys and girls, or men and ladies, and whoever I'm talking to, I feel like I'm at school. It's all in the same general area. I stand right down there. Sorry for calling you guys and girls, but men and women of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. There's been days where it's just one after the other. And I praise God, another one. Praise God, another wave. To the point where I go home and my head hurts. It really does. And I just, I literally want to just, you know what I really want to do? Lay out. Now, is that going to necessarily help me? I, I do think it's important to rest, but that may not be the right thing. But it's just one after the other. You've got to keep fighting. The answer for depression, the lifting out of depression is humility, lifting up God. We need to hope in God. We need to praise God. Thirdly, we need to remember or think on God. Look at verse 6. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. And then notice what he says. So this is back to Psalm 42, verse 6. Sorry. Psalm 42, verse 6. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mazar. It's important to remember God and what God has said. You know, David mentioned some special places. It seems as it, it, the indication here is that these are special places that he remembered in his depression. The land of Jordan, the promised land. 
This is where he would have seen the promises of God fulfilled, the works of God and God's power. The Hermonites, this was a mountain range in Israel. The Jordan River has its origin in this mountain, and it speaks of God's blessings to the land of Israel. And then the hill Mazar is a peak in the mountain range of Hermon. If you're depressed tonight, it's very important that you remember and you have times and places in your life that you can go back and say, God did this. God helped me here. To the point where you need to take a, a piece of paper for you ladies, a journal, or men, okay, if you want a journal too, that's fine, a notebook, just a whatever, and write down the date. God did this for me. And you write it down. Maybe it's an answer to prayer. Maybe it's God coming in and lifting you up. And when you start getting discouraged, you get that paper out. You get alone with God. And you say, God, remember what you did back then? I'm going to trust that you're going to do it again. And you begin to praise him. And you begin to focus on him. And you put your hope in him. And God will lift you out. You have to remind yourself about what God has done. God is good all the time in every situation. Sometimes you don't see that. Those waves are just crashing on you. And you say, God, I know you're good, but I can't see it right now. David was right there. The more that a depressed person remembers God and his blessings, the more they will exalt him, and that will cause them to be lifted lifted up and to exalt God. We need to hope in God. We need to praise God. We need to remember God. And then in chapter 43, verse 3 of Psalms, we see we we need to seek God's commandments. Look at verse 3 of Psalm 43. Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into the holy, thy holy hill, into thy tabernacles. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You need to be listening to God's word. You need to be reading God's word. You need to be getting into the Bible every single day. And those are all essential things for depression. But let me tell you, you're not going to feel like it. And guess what? The devil's going to be right there going, hey, don't worry about it. You are okay. You read your Bible yesterday. You preach every day. I do. I, I actually do devotions on most days, but I, um, it's hard not to preach when you've always preached. But he'll say, well, you're going to preach this morning. That'll be enough. It's not. I need the alone time with God. My sermons are not my alone time with God. Now, they're very good things to do. But we need to get in God's word. Memorizing scripture is very important. Maybe there's a verse that really just helps you. You write it down on a three by five card. When you get depressed, you bring it out. You start quoting it. You start hoping in God. You start turning your focus to God. You start praising God. And then let me say this. Look at verse four. This is back to Psalm 42. I know I'm going back and forth between these, and I apologize. But Psalm 42, verse 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. 
I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. David recalled the time that he had spent in the tabernacle where God's presence was. And let me say, it is very important for a depressed person and a discouraged person to continue to be faithful to church. It's not the time to lay out of church. You need to be here. This is where God meets with us. This is where God speaks to us through his word. And this is where you can be encouraged by God's people. And you need that. Maybe you don't go into all the details about what you're discouraged about. I would encourage you that you're careful with that. I would. I'm not saying you can't be, you know, help each other bear burdens, but you've got to be careful. You do not need to air your dirty laundry to everybody. But don't lay out a church. Be here. Be listening. This is not enough. You need to be in God's word. That's not enough. You need to be listening it, to it. That's not enough. You need to be memorizing it. Is that all easy? No. And the more you're depressed and discouraged, the harder it gets. Not only do we need to hope in God, praise God, remember God, seek God. But then verse 8, we need to listen to godly music. I know that it's almost like that one was like, whoa. But look at verse 8. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And then notice what he said. And in the night, his song shall be with me. Kenny said it. Music is very powerful. It can have either a negative or a positive effect on people. And it's interesting I don't have time to develop this, but it's interesting if you, you study when people are depressed what kind of music they listen to. And it's no wonder some of the music that people listen to, it's no wonder they're depressed because it would depress me. It depresses me just listening it drive by, and I'm not even really focusing on the words. But even for the Christian, there's a strong connection between the spirit of a person and music. Saul was comforted by David's music. Music has a powerful effect. And if you're depressed, it's very important that you examine what kind of music you're listening to. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, for musicians, that's a really easy one. There's hardly a time where I'm not in the car with my music on. It's just because that's just my life. My kids go to sleep with music. And if it doesn't turn on, they can't go to sleep. I forget to turn the Alexa on. Dad, you didn't turn the music on. Okay, sorry. Get my phone out. It's kind of cool because you can be sitting in the living room and turn Alexa on, you know. But, um, but it's easy for musicians to do that. Maybe it's harder for you because you're not real into music. It's not your thing. But get some good, godly, encouraging music and listen to it. When you're depressed. And then, I believe this is the last one it is. Getting through it, Pastor DeGarmo. I told him today, and we were talking at school, I didn't know if I was going to make it. But I just trusted, I'm just ask, I asked the Lord before I got up here, just help me to say only what I need to say. And leave the rest of it out there. We need to hope in God, praise God, remember God, seek God, listen to godly music, and lastly... And really, it's the most important one. And I know I put it last, not first. But 
it's the most important one, and that is we need to pray to God. When I remember these things, verse 4, so Psalm 42, verse 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. Verse 8, he said at the latter part of verse 8, Psalm 42, my prayer unto, he said uh, that this, in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. The power of prayer cannot be underestimated in the life of any person, but especially in the life of a depressed person. It's so important to pray. Real quickly, turn over to me, turn over with me to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. I mentioned this one, and I would encourage you to go back and study this psalm. This is another psalm where we see the depression of David, and here we we see specifically emotional pain, which emotional pain can be a source of depression. That's a whole nother topic um, that can be talked about, but Look, I'm just going to read some of these verses, but I, I'm just going to highlight a few of them, and then we're going to get to verse 15, or 16 and 17. So Psalm 55, I'm going to start in verse 2. He said, Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. There's another one of those sources we talked about. Verse 4, My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in, this, in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Verse 12, for it was not an enemy. Notice this. This is important. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then could I have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then would I would have hid myself from him. But what does verse 13 say? Why was he struggling with emotional pain? Why was he depressed and discouraged? Verse 13 tell us, tells us, But it was thou, a man my equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. Let me stop here. A lot of times, the people that are close to you are the ones that stab you in the back. And they cause discouragement and depression in your life. Now, can you you say, well, it's their fault and I'm just going to sit in my depression and discouragement? No. But I have to say, it's usually not the enemy. Because like David said, you would expect it from them. But you don't expect it from somebody that's with you. He never expected, David never expected it to be Saul. He had spent time with him. Saul probably counseled with him at times. Look at verse 14. We took sweet counsel together and walked under the house of God in company. It might be someone that comes to church with you. Now, let me put a plug in for forgiveness. It is not right for you not to forgive them. And by the way, you don't wait until they come to you and ask for forgiveness. You forgive them before. Did God? And that's I preached that a while back. So if you want to go back in the YouTube videos and find it, it's there. God didn't wait for you to ask for forgiveness. He forgave you before the foundation of the world. So don't tell me, I'm going to wait until they repent enough. No, I'll take you to the word of God. And we'll hash it out. I'm saying that because I know it's not there. 
God forgives. Now, is it easy? No. I'm not trying to make it sound easy. But it's what God says. Verse 16, I need to hurry. As for me, this is where I want you to look and, and focus in on. I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me evening and morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Communication in prayer to God is so important when you're dealing with depression. Just pour out your soul to God. Pastor talked about this a couple Sundays ago. He said, tell God your feelings. Just tell him. He already knows. Just cry out to him. Psalm 142, 1 through 3 says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, I have they privily laid a snare for me. There's a cleansing and sanctifying power in prayer. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, Satan knew the power of prayer. He knew how important it is to communicate with God in prayer when you're depressed. And it's no wonder that old smutty face, as Pastor Williams used to say, made some alternatives to prayer. Religion offers a priest for confession. And the world offers a therapist and a psychiatrist for treatment. You need to pray. God knows you. Now, I have to put a disclaimer here because I don't want people mad at me and sending me hate mail. I'm not saying that if you, do, if you go to those type of people that you're of the devil and you're going to go to hell. I didn't say that. But I did say that prayer is the most important thing you can do because God made you. They didn't. They don't know you. Even if you pour your whole entire life and heart and everything inside of it out onto them, they still don't know you. Now, there's a time and a place. So please understand my heart here. Please understand my heart. I'm taking classes to be a biblical counselor, so I'm not against that, obviously. But I'm also not going to say that it's okay just to never pray to God and pour your heart out to him. God knows in detail everything that you're feeling, the depression, the emotional pain, the sin, everything, and he wants to hear from you. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then quickly we see in verses 5 and 11, we see the results of biblically dealing with depression and discouragement. Look at verse 5. Notice what it said at the end there. For the help of his countenance. Psalm 42, verse 5. For the help of his countenance. God will give us help if we just deal with it biblically. God will lift you up. And then verse 11, God will give you health. Notice verse 11, Psalm 42, 11, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Are you depressed and discouraged tonight? Well, we've seen the answer for discouragement and depression here in Psalm 42, verse, and verse, uh, Psalm 42 and 43. Hope in God. Praise God. Remember what God has done in your life. Seek God in his word. Listen to godly music. 
pray to God or cry out to God. God wants to help us. We just have to be willing to draw nigh to God. And again, I want to say it one more time because I don't want to hurt anybody tonight. I really don't. I, I, me standing up here was not to hurt you. I knew standing up here this wasn't going to be the easiest sermon to preach. I knew there's a lot more to what I could have said, but I couldn't get it out of my, I couldn't get it off my heart. The Lord just kept saying, you need to preach it. I want to help you. I'm not up here trying to tell you, and, and I've already said all that, I'm not going to rehash everything I said, even though it's hard for me not to do that. I, I'm one of those rehashers that I have to go back over and over and over again, but I just want you to understand, I'm not trying to hurt you tonight. So if I said something that you thought I was trying to hurt you with, I wasn't. I'm just trying to help you from God's word. Because we, we can be victorious. But the devil doesn't want us to be. And he's going to fight and fight and fight. We've got a great pastor here. A pastor who labors for you guys and for me. I was thinking about this the other day. Not only does he prepare for three sermons per week, but he takes time to sit in the office and listen to people and say, I need help here, and I need help here. And think about all the stuff he gets told, and he has to bear those burdens. And then he has to clear his mind and go and sit down and try to focus enough to be able to prepare a sermon. I don't know all of, I don't know everything he feels, but I've felt some of that. It's hard. It's hard. To, to, I'm not saying it's out of the question, but it's hard. But he does that because he loves us so much, just like God loves us. We need to pray for him. And we need to make sure that we're going to the Bible when we're discouraged and depressed and asking God to help us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, you know my heart. I don't want to hurt anybody in this room tonight. I preached your message to the best of my ability and said only what I believe that you'd have me say. Lord, I ask that you would do what you promised that you would do, and that it would be that you would take the word of God and apply it to hearts, Lord. You said that you would not re- your word would not return void. And I'm just claiming that tonight. Be with people tonight, whatever they're dealing with. Be with pastor as well. Just encourage him, strengthen him, and help him, Lord. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray.